0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels, and our guest this week, we have Owen Wilcox from Laurel, Montana. Owen is in his rookie season as a pro in the NWT, the National Walleye Tour. And recently, when Owen and I sat down for this interview, he was preparing for high school graduation and all the things that go into that. Owen just kind of represents one of these younger guys that are coming up in the industry. He's going to be around a long time. There's no question about it. Uh, Owen is a very talented individual. He's got a strong passion for it as we find out in this interview. We definitely dig into some really great fishing information that is uh, that I really, really enjoyed and take a lot away from. And I know you guys will too, but if there was a greater purpose for this particular interview with a young guy like Owen just to get to know him. You know, he's just he's a rookie in the NWT, so he's just getting recognized and uh, and uh, yeah, I just want to be a part of that. I want to be able to give these young guys an opportunity to tell their story a little bit as it's beginning, as it's budding. And 5 years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, we're going to look back on this, you know, this this part of his career where, you know, a lot of this high-profile stuff is just beginning and uh, yeah, just a lot of fun to get to know Owen. And uh, just just have a, have a great interview, something that we can look back on. But also don't overlook some of the great fishing information that, uh, that Owen offers in this interview. So anyways, a great interview, getting to know Owen Wilcox from Laurel, Montana. We're talking all things walleye fishing in this conversation. Let's get into the interview. This episode of the JML Podcast is brought to you by Montana's Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Department. As anglers, we have the ability to help protect the wonderful fishing opportunities in the state of Montana. For more information on regulations or AIS prevention in the state of Montana, head to the link that is in the description of this podcast. That is fwp.mt.gov backslash AIS. Hello? Owen, Taylor here.
1: Hey, how's it going, man?
0: It's going good, man. It's good to connect with you. Are you staying busy?
1: Yeah, uh, I got, what, this is my last full week of school and doing a little bit of work, and then it's off to uh, doing a lot of uh, hunting and fishing.
0: That's cool, man. Good for you. Good for you. And uh, and you're going to graduate? Grades are good enough? Yeah, my grades
1: my grades are up there. I only got two classes to worry about, so it's
0: it's not that hard. That's not bad for a fisherman. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing pretty. Yeah. You're doing. If you can answer that with confidence, then you're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good for an angler. Thank awesome, you. dude. Awesome. All right, man. It's your first time on. Bring me as far back as you can. Uh, you know, with uh, who you are as an angler, yep. man. Go ahead.
1: Um. So yeah, I'm on Willcox. Um, um. I'm from Laurel, Montana. Um. I've I've lived here my whole life. Actually, I was born in Billings, but buildings and are all pretty much the same place but um yeah i've been fishing ever since i was oh since i could walk my my dad would take me out to the our local creeks and we'd catch a whole a whole bunch of trout and stuff um he would always take he my dad my dad is probably my biggest mentor i'd say um he's he's my he's my biggest fishing buddy um he's pretty much taught me everything i know uh yeah he's he's brought me fishing ever since i was little um uh, when I really, when we really started to get into walleye fishing was about, I'd say 10, 11 years ago, um, ice fishing, because back then we didn't have much for a boat. So, uh, so our best way to get on the water was, was during ice season. And, uh, there's just this local little reservoir by us that, uh, we, we'd fish a lot and we'd, and we had, and we dissect it, uh, quite a bit. And we, and we got pretty good for it. And that's where I kind of fell in love with walleye fishing and, uh, every year we we get a little bit better a little bit uh we'd start we'd start to get more boats um and yeah it was just it just started grew and it and it became an obsession for me and my dad so
0: i mean that's just not that all that many years ago necessarily like that being Mm-mm. that being said though like uh, uh like at what point in time did you really get exposed to like the whole tournament scene and all that like how did that develop
1: that was about 7 years ago um one of my Dad's buddies is actually a lady believe it or not her name is Wendy Ross she's the first uh person i ever did a, a fishing tournament with um her her tournament buddy backed out backed out on her on one of our local f- fishing tournaments up at Fort Peck Reservoir and uh she was like yeah or we were over at a barbecue or, or it, was, it was something like that and we, were, and we were over at a barbecue and we started talking about fishing and she and she and for the upcoming tournament she's like yeah my partner bailed on me and my dad was like, oh, I want can fish with you. And I didn't really have a say in it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And that's where it kind of started. And uh, we actually ended up fish. We actually ended up ending up uh, fourth place for my Jeez. first ever. Tournament. So that was a, uh, that uh, definitely lifted my experience. I was like, okay, this is pretty fun.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, without exposing secrets, you know, I know these tournament anglers are all secretive, but like, How did you fish that? Like, what do you remember about that first tournament? Like, the fishing?
1: Oh, um. Which tournament was it? It was the Hell Creek, uh, Hell Creek tournament. It's in July. It's around, uh, late July, I think, is when they usually have it. It's just one of our, uh, local Montana circuits. What's the Fort Peck circuit? It was, it was one of the tournaments for that. Um, yeah, it was a two-dayer. Uh, yeah, it was, we were just, we're, we're going pretty simple. We're just doing some bottom bouncing. And, uh, yeah, we, we were, we were lucky enough to get on some fish and it was, it was pretty awesome. I wasn't, I was not expecting that for my first ever walleye tournament.
0: Yeah, man, that is awesome. I think that's awesome. We're going to come back to that. I feel like we're going to come back to that because that was, you know, that was a few years ago. That was your exposure to tournament angling. It's a little too soon in this conversation to start dissecting that, but I definitely want to get a little bit of reflection on that. But let's just keep moving along. Like, so get us up to speed to where you're at today. Um, Like, you know, as far as the angling goes, like, you know, uh, you know, what's your jam, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of describe the whole package of uh, just sort of like, what position it is that you occupy in the fishing industry
1: uh yeah right now it's, this is my uh, first year doing the national walleye tour so uh i the first one was in march in illinois the illinois river um i finished all right in that i took uh, 47th i think it was yeah so it's my first year as a pro so uh that's that's it's pretty crazy for the short amount of time because i've been Probably seven years now is I've been doing walleye tournaments. For, so this is the first year as a pro in the in the national walleye tour. So um, it's a big leap for me and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. But yeah, I'm finished the national walleye tour this year. Um,
0: yeah. T- talk me through like the decision making, you know, like, you know, and, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to press on this cause I don't think it's really that big a deal, but you are a high school student and um, yeah. you know, yep. and to me, to me, that doesn't necessarily matter in these conversations because the fish don't care, you know, how old you are. The fish don't care where you're from, you know, fish, saugers and walleye swimming in the Illinois River could care less if you're from Laurel, Billings or Yugoslavia. And, yeah. and that's the beauty of fishing. But that being said, the decision making is interesting to me. So like as a high school, a senior in high school this year, you know, look back at the last couple of years, like walk me through like when it started dawning on you that you were going to fish this season as a pro did was this a snap decision a couple months ago or like how does like what is the series of events and things that you got to do to fish as a pro uh as a senior
1: in high school oh well we've we've been uh talking about it for about three years now and trying pretty much my dad and, and and some of our buddies pretty much getting me ready for this for this year. And uh, yeah, we've been talking about for about three years. Um, the decision-making almost for me, at least it kind of just uh, came with doing the tournament. You know, if that, if that makes any sense, uh, I was just kind of r- not, I wouldn't say rushed into it, but it was like, almost like, Oh, I'm here, I'm doing this. And uh, uh, it was, it's, it was just pretty crazy for, it's so hard to explain to it was such a crazy leap for me, I guess, from fishing because most of my life I've been doing uh, Montana tournaments and I've done a few tournaments in uh, North Dakota, South Dakota like that and stuff, and uh going like halfway across the country to Illinois, and then it's just me me and my boat and then with this with a stranger i don't I don't even know I met the night before i'm making I'm making all the decisions um,
0: yeah. yeah,
1: it's pretty it's cra- great, yeah, but I love it. I love it. After that first year, I'm like, yeah, I think, I think, I, I think I can do this for a while now. Yeah, it's like
0: you know, it's like the writings on the wall. You're the you're the type of angler. You've got the passion. You've got you you you've got that look in your eye. So you know you know why wait to be a rookie? You know why not why not do it now if it's possible? So that being said, after a couple years of fishing, you know the the Montana circuit, getting into the NWT. You fished one tournament. What would you say was like, you know, maybe like the biggest thing that you had to really overcome or, or, or take in as a first timer?
1: Um, I say the caliber of anglers just the amount of amazing anglers that go to these. And the, like, I'm honest, like, honestly, the seriousness of this, that like, this is like complete business to everyone that fishes that turn the, the, that, circuit. And that, that was probably the biggest change for me because coming from these small local terms, you got a lot of people who are just there to, to I mean, we're all there to have fun, but you know what I mean by it. people, just, they're just there to, to be there and, and experience it. These people are here to win, you know, and that was just the biggest change of the caliber. Like every single fisherman that does, that does that circuit is a legitimate angler and they know exactly what they're doing.
0: Well, so so far, when you start to see things like that, are are you envisioning yourself in that same kind of way, or do you feel like you're going to try to kind of carve out your own lane?
1: I would love to carve out my own lane for sure. Um, I, I, yeah, I would love I would love to be my own person and uh, kind of make make a name for myself. And when like people and people notice me, I, I would love to not be different, but just uh, show what I'm made of. I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, man. No, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, and you've kind of got that going for you. I mean, I that's probably the way I see it to be totally honest, and I mean that as a total compliment like because, you know, you you are from, you know, these western states. Yep. And um again, it doesn't matter to me that you're younger, but I I almost like the fact that you're younger because you know, you're you're making those decisions um it's just so genuine. Like you you obviously have a passion for it. And uh, yeah, like yeah, you're just you're just jumping into it. I like the confidence. I like so much about it. And we're gonna talk about the fishing, and I'm really excited about that too. I, I want to talk about your your skill sets and, and some of that stuff. Absolutely. Um, but um, just kind of bundling in, you know, just kind of you know wrapping up this this uh, conversation about kind of who you are so far. Um, you know, what would you say are your home bodies of water or some of the bodies of water that you fish that you feel like have had the biggest influence on you so far, um, that are helping you kind of discover yourself and, uh, you know, what you like about walleye fishing. Like, talk to me about, you know, identifying those bodies of water and, and, and that, that'll be our segue into the fishing. Go ahead.
1: Where I live, there's this, this small little body of water, uh, about, it's about 30 minutes away from my house. Uh, it's called Cuny Reser. I actually filmed a next bite video on it with uh, with John Hoyer this past fall. Um, that's kind of the lake I've I've grown up on. Um, that's where we kind of started our our walleye fishing, doing all that ice fishing and stuff. Um, that's that's one of the lakes. Um, probably my other one would obviously probably be Fort Peck. That's where I've learned a lot of my fishing, caught a lot of big fish there. Um, that's. Four Peck is probably my main one is where I've learned mostly how to, how to walleye fish. That's where I've gained gained confidence from walleye fishing. That's that's where I've gotten my experience.
0: Right on, man. So, you know, tell me about that. You know, you you, you fish tournaments. You you know, you went and fished the Illinois River. That's obviously a different deal. You're seeing all these other anglers in the industry coming from different walks of life, and and everybody's yep. kind of got their specialty. Um, as far as, you know, their strategy, maybe their techniques and, and um, you know, all that stuff is really just kind of based on their overall experience. For you, looking at your experience on small reservoirs and, and big reservoirs like Fort Peck, like, do you feel like you're sort of developing some specialties? Is there anything in particular that you feel like is your confidence... Your your just sort of like the package of your confidence that you can take anywhere. Like when you go to the Illinois river, like what were some of those skill sets that you brought on this first tournament this year uh, that are kind of from your past? Maybe let's talk a little bit about that. If you could,
1: I would honestly probably have to say my jigging. Uh, we do a lot of jigging up at Fort Peck and, and uh, that little reservoir, Cooney, Co- Cooney Reservoir is what it's called. Probably my jigging and quite honestly, just uh, my grinding. You got, you got, you got to know how to grind when, when you're in these tournaments in Illinois and the Illinois river was an absolute grind fest. You had to, you had to grind for a few bites all day, four or five bites all day. That, that was, that was my program. And, uh, yeah, you, you gotta know how to grind when you go to these tournaments.
0: Being grindy is a good thing. Being grindy is like, that's the, that's the fishing trait that, uh, tournament anglers can look, uh, at each other with respect for. Yep. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you're a jigger, you're a troller, you're a live bait guy, you're a forward sonar guy. You know, everybody draws those little imaginary lines in the sand away from each other. But grinders can always look grinders in the eye. Yep. I think that's totally true, man. I'm glad you said that. So, you know, talking about like some of this reservoir fishing, there's some fantastic reservoirs across you know, the country, I think, you know, I'm in North Dakota. I mean, we love our reservoirs. South Dakota, you know, the whole Missouri River system, right? You know, there's definitely some similarities. It's just kind of a, you know, it's its its own category. Of course, you can trickle down and, and get nuancey about specific things. But, like, uh, you know, you're staying pretty broad appeals. You know, kind of that, you know, the, just sort of that general reservoir fishing. You feel like on Fort Peck, you're talking about the jigging and the grinding on the tougher days because that can always be the case. Like, What would you say are some of the things that, um, or maybe some of the memories or experiences that you've had, like a specific tournament memory where, you know, you really learned that behavior. Any stories like that that come to mind you can tell?
1: Yeah. um, What was it? About three years ago, I'd say, uh, me and my, you know, me and my buddy Zeke Gordon, we were fishing the uh, Montana Gov Cup up at Fort Peck. It's uh, it's usually the weekend after July. it's the weekend after the 4th of July. Um, we were uh, all week, we were pre-fishing and all week we we were getting them on uh live scope. We were just, we were, we were hopping points and uh, finding two or three fish on live scope and, and, and getting them. And we were getting, I'd say probably anywhere from 35 to 50 pounds a day doing that. And we were getting super confident uh, in this, uh, in this way we were fishing. And uh, about, Uh, two days before, uh, two days before the tournament, um, something happened or yeah, something happened because not much with the weather, but, uh, the, the mood, the mood of the fish changed and, uh, um, they, uh, they were, they were gone to say the least. Uh, uh, you couldn't really see them on live scope anymore. Um, we, and we, we were only getting probably 15 to 20 pounds the next two days. And, uh, we started to get worried and start, started to lose some confidence. And, um, we figured out that, uh, a lot of these fish, uh, moved to the weeds and, um, it wasn't as good as fishing. Uh, we only got, we were only getting day one. We had, I think 26 pounds, but it was a, it was a grind to get those 26 pounds. Um, we had to work all day for five or six bites and we were, we were casting uh, jig wraps and shivers, uh, into the weeds. And, uh, And that's how we got them. And and that's not how we got them the whole week prior. But uh, with uh, things happening, you got to be willing to change your tactics.
0: The fishing opportunities across the state of Montana are phenomenal. If you're from there or you've already been there a bunch to experience it, you know just how special these opportunities are. If you haven't, fishing out west should absolutely be on your bucket list. But aquatic invasive species like zebra mussels and Eurasian water milfoil can harm recreational opportunities. As boaters, as anglers, we have the ability to help protect Montana's waters by cleaning all mud, plants, and debris off our boat, recreational equipment, and fishing gear before we leave any access sites. Drain the water from your motor, your live well, your bilges, and allow your boat and equipment time to dry before your next outing. No matter what watercraft you use, please, if you're traveling in the state of Montana, stop at all inspection stations. Together, we can protect Montana's waters. Visit the link in the description of this podcast for more information. That's fwp.mt.gov AIS. Now, define this for me a little bit. Now, looking back, was that a grind all day? Those five or six bites was, was that a big fish pattern where you were grinding five or six, but you could have maybe caught smaller ones way better somewhere else. Like talk to me about that. I mean, it's like, cause sometimes for these, I need these tournament guys like yourself to kind of define that. Like, Cause I'm sure the average guy maybe could have been pulling bottom bouncers, catching all kinds of eaters that wasn't fish in that tournament, but sometimes it is the same. Like, talk to me about that. Like, were you seeking out bigger fish and putting that, 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 that grind on yourself for the bigger bites and it paid off or was it a grind across the board?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah. We definitely had two or three spots where we knew we, we could go get um small, like 14 to 18 inches, you know, but um that's just not going to win you the tournament and that, in that tournament specifically, it's always seventy to eighty pounds wins it every year, so you got to be you got to be willing to go f- for those maybe slow days, but but those five bites you get that day are all twenty seven plus inch walleye, you know, and that's that's kind of what we what we were thinking as we went into it. We we knew it was going to be a grind, but uh, those few bites we we did get were going to be big fish bites, and that's what we had to do.
0: How often would you say when you're fishing reservoirs, like regardless of, of where it is, whether it's the Montana circuit or just the, you know, the tournaments that you've been involved in uh, everywhere, how often would you say the tournament pattern is different than the, the, you know, the popular pattern or like the community pattern?
1: Oh, quite often. It's it's definitely different than than the, I guess, normal pattern most people like will be using. Like, yeah, the popularity pattern. Just because... Um, that's the that's the best way you find in pre-fish that you're gonna win the or win the tournament or do good at, do good at it in the tournament you gotta fish uh the way you've caught the fish during pre-fish and um sometimes it's not the funnest way, but sometimes that's what gets the job done
0: when you're fishing now like when you're pre-fishing or wherever you go like like do you try to find? the bulk of the fish, you try to find that population of fish and then work backwards and then look for like those adjacent or those minority big fish patterns after the fact, or do you just sort of have it programmed in your head? Like that you're going to look shallow or you're going to look deep or like you're just going to try to fit. You're already looking sort of
1: adjacent
0: to those popular patterns.
1: I think with everything you just said there, I think it's just a little bit of everything. I think it's just, you got to learn the body of water you're on, you're, or you're going to, and then you got to dissect it from there. What, whichever way you think is going to be the best way possible for you to uh, d- dissect those fish and give you the best chance possible to uh, win that tournament is the way you're going to go at it. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's any specific way. Uh, I, me and me and all my buddies and my dad do it. It's just uh, the way we. I, I don't know. It's it's the way we we figure out those fish. There's no really certain way we dissect it. It kind of it kind of differences with every different body of water we fish.
0: Where would you say? is your style of growth. I mean, you're in that part of your career where your, your, your learning curve is like skyrocketing right now. You're a young man in a tournament field, a bunch of, you know, you're surrounding yourself with excellent anglers. You're competing against excellent anglers. And, you know, we've got all this technology nowadays, like where would you say your learning curve is the steepest and, and, and what it is that you're focusing on to continue to get better?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. If I ever, uh, don't do too well in a tournament i definitely don't forget about it i always keep in the back of my head it's just it's a it's it's a learning it's a learning experience and uh sometimes some of those bad tournaments can be just as much a learning experience as a as a good term you know um yeah i i just i just try and take in as much as possible when i listen to my to my older peers uh max wilson john hoyer um any of those guys um I, I take in everything they say, and I I keep it almost in a vault, and I I, I just I I try I'm, I try to be a sponge, and I try to learn as much as possible, and I try to listen out on everything I'm 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 able to 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 put me in the best position to uh, be the best version yeah, I can be. I think that stuff's so
0: important, and man, Owen, you're you're a younger man, and uh, it doesn't seem to matter, but man, I tell you. This is coming from me like I'm my hand is raised right now telling you that for a lot of us that's not super easy because we really want our memories to matter so much that we can go back and fish them yep. and it'll work. We want so badly for the one and only presentation or lure or setup that is gives us confidence is going to work that day and when it doesn't it's the fish's fault yep and we can't make those adjustments and i'm telling you man like that's the stuff that i dwell on i'm i'm I'm. this whole podcast just revolves around me interviewing people that are just helping me and anybody that can relate to it just chip away at our deficiencies one little bit at a time and you know everything that you just said is so important and um yeah man like i'm telling you i'm i'm uh yeah, I don't want to let you off the phone. I want to keep you here as long as I possibly can, man. Um, Talk me through your, you know, a good day of of uh, throwing jig presentations, you know, right down to, you know, kind of your process and when you're, you know, evaluating a spot, you know, boat control and anything that matters to you in a scenario. And we can even get hypothetical and just talk through a scenario that, that, uh, that just makes a bunch of sense to you. You know, you're looking at a spot where the wind's blowing in, your, your certain kind of structure i mean just build me a picture of just like your favorite day throwing jigs and everything that goes into it go ahead
1: yeah um probably my perfect day on Fort Peck for a awesome jigging bite would be uh a uh bright sunny calm day after a uh windy day on Fort pack and uh you're fishing a uh, windblown shore the day after it, the day after it was windy and, um, you're pitching jigs up shallow on, on a main lake point or a, uh, a lot of times on Fort Peck, you you get your main lake points, but, uh, just off of the point, like those secondary points or that shoreline just off the point can be, uh, can be money on, on Fort Peck. And, uh, yeah, my, uh, my perfect Dan for Peck would be a high, no cloud, sunny day, low, low to minimal wind, um, pitching jigs up shore and, uh feeling that that giant thump of those of those giant four pack walleye get e- eating your uh, three eighth ounce uh, jigging a plastic. That's probably my perfect day.
0: Yeah, man. Are you like, you know, I mean, are you on side imaging right away? Are you driving around? Uh, or I mean, are these fish that might be hard to see and you got to get in, get in there and get your jig wet to find out what's going on? Or are you right up on that live scope right away? Like what's a little bit of your, you know, your process on a day of fishing like that?
1: Yeah, we, we usually don't drop, drop a line in the water uh, until we find fish. That's with live scope and side imaging. We'll, we'll cruise to, uh, to an a, a area we think looks good and uh, we side image that area. And if uh, we think we see some fish, we'll, we'll stop and throw a few lines in and, and then we'll look at it with live scope and even di- dissect it even more and see. And uh, when you get, when you get familiar with live scope, you can start to tell what kind of fish they are. And uh, we've been doing these pretty much ever since it's come out. Um, we 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 know what walleye look like, so a lot of times we'll even we'll see fish on side of you. Okay, we drop drop the trolling motor, we drop down the live scope, and we see and like oh these these aren't looking like walleyes, and we might not even take four or five casts on them. Like okay, we need to get out of here. These aren't the fish we're looking for, and we cruise over and and we we just keep doing that until we uh, until we hit it right, and we find uh, we find those walleye.
0: For you, what's your favorite jig setup?
1: My favorite jig setup would probably be a, uh, a, uh, probably a 6.6. Six. I'm, cause I'm not that tall of a dude. I'm probably 5.8, so I don't need too long of rods. So probably a 6.6, six, uh, medium, medium extra fast with a, uh, 2000, 2000 real size and, uh, with probably about 10 pound fire line with, uh, some, some 10, 12 twelve pound uh, uh, fluorocarbon leader with tied to a 3 8 ounce jig head with a on four peck. Probably my my favorite jig to throw is uh, a big white paddle tail. You can't you can't really uh, go wrong with a with a big paddle tail on four peck and throwing them in shallow is that's that's the best feeling ever.
0: What are some of those little subtle details that you're always paying attention to when you're really narrowing down what they want to eat?
1: oh yeah for sure uh yeah when yeah when you're, when you're wanting to really figure out those fish you you gotta look at the you, you gotta look at the jig size uh your cadence uh, how fast you're going how slow you're going um are you hitting bottom or do you need it to, uh do you need it because sometimes on four peck you you need it uh suspended um over the not not even touch, touching the bottom just uh, two or three feet above bottom at all times um uh, yeah, I look at all those things while I'm fishing on um, Four Pecker and, and any body of water. You 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 got to if you if you want to uh, succeed in catching more fish.
0: What are some of the things that sort of influence your decision to change, maybe for the finesse side of things? Yeah. Or how often are you trying to press the more aggressive side of things? Like like like, talk me through that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all, yeah, it's, it's all based on pretty much what, what you find while you're fishing. And um, it depends, it depends on the weather. Like what, what's the weather doing? What's the wind been doing? Um, is it cloudy? Is it sunny? You, you, you got to look at all of that. Um, yeah. I'll usually I start out a little bit faster as right when I get there. And uh, as the day goes on with how many I catch and, and what I'm seeing and, uh, or like what if my buddies are catching more, more than me or, or anything like that, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I usually start out a little bit faster during the day and then, uh, I usually go from there. But, um, as pretty much everyone knows earlier in the, early in the year, you're, you're, you're going a little bit slower. And then as the year progresses, you get to, uh, uh, go a little bit faster, but, uh, you know, sometimes even in, in the summer, those fish aren't wanting that and you got to be finessey with it. So you got to be willing to, uh, to be able to, to do that during the, any any time of the year you know um you gotta be willing to because there's been sometimes on Fort peck for me at least uh, uh uh even in in may um you're going you got to be going a little bit faster to, to get those fish to uh to uh eat you um so it all depends on pretty much you gotta you gotta factor in everything when you're when you're fishing
0: I can tell you like here's what I'm taking away from this and I just I have so much respect for you right now like you you know you you've definitely got those details that matter on the technical side of things where you're not going to throw on fish that don't show you what you want to see on the electronics and that's a real technical thing that's hard for a lot of anglers to do a lot of us that you know grew up with you know maybe primitive gear or nothing you know nothing at all and then you know now we've just got this explosion of technology and everybody's got this cool stuff in their boat but we've got our old you know sort of you know that 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 traditional or that instinctive angler in us where you know we're not nearly as technical and we just go and beat the bank but i, I love you know talking about you know your decision making behind you know being finesse versus being aggressive and you're just taking it all in like You've definitely got that balance. I feel like, you know, you know. And hopefully you feel it. Hopefully it's something that you're paying attention to in your own self. But like you definitely have that balance of like you're very instinctive with that answer just now of like you're just you're taking in all, you know all those considerations and you kind of go with feel throughout the day and you can kind of feel that bite. But then the answer before that was very technical with the electronics. I like that you have that balance of Thank you. Instinctive fishing. And, and hopefully you feel that, or hopefully you see that and acknowledge that because I, I do think that is important. That's one thing I can say is I've interviewed enough people that, um, you know, I don't know, I guess, you know, for me, maybe that's the only portion of my opinion that matters whatsoever is that I'm one of these guys that has talked to a lot of anglers, a lot of good anglers. And, um, you know, you know, some people, it works for them to be very niche. It works for them to just be you know, sort of a, a, a you know, a one trick pony yep. and they're so good at it that they can fish just about anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and, uh, you know, some guys are, you know, are just so instinctive that they just outwork everybody and, um, and they can catch fish that way, but they just will never figure out forward sonar for the life of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but like having that balance, I think is really, man, I, I really think that that is important, uh, for the, the, the modern day angler to figure out and to not just be just to be on electronics and, you yep. know, or not just to be in your instincts. And cause being in your instincts is a lot of times being in your memories. And that's one yep. thing we got to try to avoid. Anyways, I'm going, I'm rambling on there. I'll probably have to edit a lot of that out. But anyways, that was, I, I, I definitely, um, yeah, man, I, I just, I appreciate you for those, those answers. What else should we cover, man? What, what else? Do you have any plans for after high school? I mean, I'm trying to prepare you for your graduation party when everybody that walks through the door, all your family and friends are going to be like, (laughs) what are you doing after high school, man? So like, do you have an answer for that?
1: Uh, Yeah, um, I'm going to be doing pretty much guiding hunting and fishing. Uh, Yeah, mostly this year, this summer, I'm going to go be going pretty hard. Um, My dad, he owns the uh, Montana hunting company, so he's got yeah, so he outfits out of a whole bunch of, uh, or he leases a whole bunch of ranches all over Montana that, uh, um, I'm pretty much going to be his almost, uh, I guess intern, I guess you could say, or it's just like his, i he's pretty much going to tell me to go somewhere and I got to go there. I am be doing a lot of, uh, scouting this summer, um, scouting for elk and, uh, deer and buffalo. Um, it's gonna be pretty fun. I'm actually pretty excited this summer. It's, uh, I think this summer is going to be uh, pretty fun for me, but yeah, that's the plan. I'm doing a lot of hunting and fishing guiding. So
0: there you go. What the heck, man? What the heck? Well, I tell you what, man, we're wrapped up. My whole goal in all of this was to really just get to know you Get a cool show laid down. We've talked about some technical information that a lot of people are going to get, you know, just take a lot away from and um, just really enjoyable to get to know you. Uh, I really I just I hope you're down to do this uh, down the future. I mean, I don't plan on going anywhere. I'm going to continue to interview people that are interesting to me and have uh, cool stories to tell. Um uh you know, maybe uh maybe we'll just plan something for when this season is over. Maybe we'll do a little yeah. recap or maybe but you Percent. know. Yeah, yeah. This would this would be cool, man. This would be cool. Um but anyways, other than that, man, the way I gotta wrap these things up all the time is uh, promote anything you want to promote. Uh, your social medias, if anybody ever you know wants to follow along with you on your journeys or maybe has questions for you, um, you know whatsoever, uh, you know, your social medias or any any content, anything whatsoever that you want to promote, go
1: ahead. Yeah, um, you can. Uh, if you want to contact me or find me on any social media, you can go on Facebook to the. Uh, uh, just type in the Montana Guys. You can find me there or uh, on Facebook, just uh, uh, owen.wilcox.fishing. That's my Instagram page. Um, I would love to, to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Under Armour. They're a huge supporter and, uh, this year for the NWT. Um, uh, Shields, Billing Shields, they've been a great support to me. They, they pretty much provide me with all my tackle and, uh, and rods. Um, PC Phone Reels. They provide me with all their reels, and they've been a huge, huge support this year. I love their reels. Um, yeah, those are Aqua Traction. They've been a huge support. They, they uh, Aqua Tractioned out my boat this year. I'm loving it so far. Those are the those are the few ones that I would love to shout out.
0: Awesome, man. Owen Wilcox. What the heck? Well, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to do this. Yeah, I appreciate your time.
1: I yeah, definitely appreciate- have
0: some cool notes down, and... Um, yeah, man, if there's nothing else that pops into your head, I'll let you go for real this time, man.
1: This is awesome. Definitely do it again. Yeah, I agree
0: 100%. This episode of the JML Podcast is brought to you by Montana's Fish, Wildlife, and Parks Department. As anglers, we have the ability to help protect the wonderful fishing opportunities in the state of Montana. For more information on regulations or AIS prevention, in the state of Montana, head to the link that is in the description of this podcast. That is fwp.mt.gov AIS.